Black Gemara. This is uh, Sunday's Black Edib Rosh Hashanah. That pay Aleph of an Aleph. We're up to the Gemara over here. We're talking about a woman while waiting to marry a brother-in-law. Her status, if she inherits properties, what happens to those properties, whether um, she can unsell them or not. And um, and we said that uh, everyone agrees, Bishar and Basil, that she can answer what it wants. The, 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 the connection to her brother in law is not as strong. <clears throat> okay, what about this woman who's in waiting? And if she dies, me, Kaibra, who is the one that actually has to now spend the money and pay for her burial? The question is as follows Do we say, now we said before, that the um, that if the wife passes away before the husband, so the what happens to Xuva remains with the husband, and as and and the and the, the trade-off is he has to use some of that money to pay for her kvura. And sometimes it could even be more than the, the ksuva, but that's the risk you take. Now, as the kvura is in the place of the ksuva. In fact, according to the Gemara before, it's not so much Yiksuv itself, it's more the dowry, the, 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 the nadin that he keeps, and in exchange for the dowry, he has to pay for the kvuda for all of these expenses. So the Gemara wants to know, um, <clears throat> and according to Tesis, it also includes Nifzit Termazel. The Gemara wants to know, um, with another chasm, the Gemara wants to know, in the case of a Yavam, does the Yavam, since the Yavam gets to keep the Ksuvah, does he have to pay for the burial? So Yosheb al that the husband's family has to pay for the burial because they're the ones who are keeping the Ksuvah, Koyartik Well, maybe, no, in this case, it's her family that has to bury her because they keep the Nixim Aleg. It says, now, Mishnah, what happens to Nixim Aleg in the properties? They go because he didn't marry her yet, it goes back to her family. The properties that go in So which one is it? passes away. Your It says there that your her ears. Those who inherit the ksuva, it's clear, the writer states clearly that it's the husband's family who yash and her ksuva, they're the ones who have to pay all the funeral expenses. Amr Abayi, Abayi says, in fact, we learned it in a Mishnah, not only from this Bryce, but we have a Mishnah later on. And how is that? It says later on, we we'll learn about Almana, a widow, who takes care of the widow after her husband dies. She gets the provider for, by the, from the state that the, 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 the Yusemim, the heirs inherited. But in, and the trade-off is that any earnings that she has goes to them, just like it would have been with, the, with their father. But the ain chayavin They don't have to pay if their funeral expenses. They don't have to pay that. What about your Because but your who inherits her ksula? Let's say she passes away. The children have to pay out to the family, her family, the ksuva. So they're the ones who pay for the burial because it's the ksuva who, pay, who pays for the burial. Your They're the ones who pay for the burial. Okay, but what's up to do with Shemer's Yavim? We're talking now about Shemer's Yavim. This bride is talking about an ordinary case of a husband and a wife. And therefore, because they're her children, Amana's children are the ones who inherit the Ksuba, they pay for her burial expenses. So what does it do with Shemer's Yavim? I'll tell you what. Because we're talking about a case of a woman that has her own heirs, and there's other Yusayim there. Which woman has it that has two sets of Yoshin, her own and her husband's? I would have said this, also including 
a case of a woman, a Shemeris Yavon, so there's the husband's side of the family, and then there's her family, two sets of heirs. That's not actually talking about a Shemeris Yavon, because then she wouldn't have any children. But, um, um, but nevertheless, we're also including the case of, 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 a, of a, what do you call it, Shemeris Yavon, and it seems clear from here that whoever inherits the, the Ksuva, they're the ones who pay out for the burial. Says the Gemara, um, Amar Rava says, Rava, the Lema, Rava says, the Lema, why can't the brother, the, the husband to be, the Yavam, say, look, I'm taking over my brother Ruben's assets. Why do I have to take over the responsibility, the obligation of also burying his wife? If you take over, you take everything. Take over, you don't, you're not taking everything, you take nothing. The boy come on in from two angles, and we say to him, If you are going to inherit your brother, then if you're going to inherit his brother, then also you should bury his wife. Because had your brother been alive, and what would have happened then? Your brother would have had to bury him because he keeps the children of his wife, so therefore he would have to bury her. So therefore, you're stepping into his shoes and you're continuing your brother's legacy, so you have to pay for her burial. Even though you know, even though she didn't give you anything, and he made a question, If you say no, I'm not stepping in my brother's shoes. I don't have to bury his wife. Then you think suvasa, give her her suva. You're not stepping into your brother's shoes. Then you have no right to suva either. Give it to her. This is what I meant to say. He went to say this. I meant to say I am taka stepping into my brother's shoes. I'm not burying his wife. I, your time is, since I'm keeping the ksuba, I'm retaining the ksuba, part of the ksuba deal is that I should be paying for burial rights. The imishum ksuba, I is saying, she inherit, she should get a ksuba, but now I'm taking it over. So therefore, in, in exchange of the fact that I'm keeping her ksuba, I should pay for burial? No. Because... I'm alive and I'm taking my brother's place. So therefore, there was never a ksuba that had to be paid. She's it's as if she predeceased, she predeceased my brother, because I am my brother. And if she predeceases my brother, there's no ksuba payment at all. So over here, since I while the Yavam is alive, she has no right to collect her ksuba. So there's no ksuba. It's not like I'm getting her ksuba back. There is no ksuba. No ksuba, I don't have to pay for burial. Says the Gemara, that's what the rubber wanted to say. Says the Gemara, um, man, Shabai says back to Rabbi, I don't understand. Man Shamadle, who's the one who says, who takes the Ksuba literally, the Islay Medrik Suba? In the Ksuba, it says that when you go ahead and marry somebody else, when you're allowed to go ahead and marry somebody else, you can go ahead and collect the Ksuba. If you take it literally, marrying a brother in law is not called somebody else because the brother in law is, she's bound from the Torah and the brother in law is stepping into Reuben's shoes. So therefore, she's never, she's not entitled to the Ksuba. Who takes the word of Ksuba literally? That's Beishamai. What do you mean Beishamai? Could be having Mariamamas. If the wife says that my husband died and I believe it and she comes to court, we're going we're gonna to allow her to get married to somebody else based on Hedech or whatever. Or if she comes, you're allowed to get married to somebody else because we're sure that she did her homework because she knows if the husband comes back, it messes up the rest of her life. She can no longer live with either of them, her children are Zaydim, so we trust her. And there's an argument, Beisham Beisil, whether she was entitled to keep her Ksuba. Beisham says yes, because the Ksuba says if she can marry somebody else, she can get a Ksuba. Well, she's marrying somebody else, so she's entitled to Ksuba. And Beisil says no, because we're only doing it because she said it, not because the Halacha says so. So, so Beisham is the one who takes the Ksuba literally. 
<coughs> so, okay, fine. So we'll follow Bishamai. But there's another law that Bishamai says, and that is the following. He says, Bishamai says that any star, any star that is any star that is uh, ready to be collected is dummies, as if it's been collected already. In other words, he says that a document is so powerful because it's it, it's irrefutable that it's as if you already have the money in your pocket. So it's like, so a ksuva of a woman that she already had it, and and, and that's that's what Bishame holds when it comes to ksuva. So if Bishame holds, it's and we'll see in a minute how we know that. And if Bishame holds, that's as if she collected already. So, so even though the yavam is still alive, stepping into Reuben's shoes, since the Reuben wrote a ksuva to the woman, it's as if she already has the ksuva. So if um, now her husband, the yavam. Your future brother is going to collect a as if she is giving him a ksuba. And if she is giving him a ksuba, then he has to pay for the burial rights. That's what the Bible is asking Rama. How do you know that Beshamay says that? Because now we learned, and we'll have this in our site. What happens any site of a woman is accused of being a site? You have to go to the base of English and drink the water. But what happens if the husband died? What if the husband died? Before they had a chance to drink the water. Bishamai says, nightless ksuba, they're entitled to collect the ksuba, but Lashai says they don't drink anymore. They don't drink because there's no husband there to continue, therefore they don't drink. She has to be able to go back to her husband. But they do, they're entitled to collect the ksuba because nothing has been proven. Well, says, she drinks, then she collects the ksuba. If she doesn't drink, she doesn't get the ksuba. Says the Gemara before we get back to our point. Oh, Yishayi, she drinks. It says the Pasuk, that the man should bring his wife to the Koyin. There's no man, he's dead. But he meant was because we deny you the opportunity to drink. Now, so what's the Ba'i's point here? But Bishamai says, they take the Ksuva, she doesn't drink. Now, let's think for a second. Why is she entitled to? We have a suffix now. Is she entitled to the ksuba or not? So whenever you have a suffix, just leave things the way they are. Why is it that we give allow her to collect the ksuba? My who a suffix. Suffix are noy. Suffix noy noy. So something whether she committed adultery or not. Something whether she's entitled to the ksuba. And yet ukaasi suffix emaitzimidevadex. Surely the money was the husband's. Something whether the woman's entitled to it or not. And we have a rule that a suffix cannot overturn a vada. So why are we paying the ksuba? So the Gemara there says, opinion, you think as if the husband has the money in his bank account. And the question is whether the woman could take it from him. It's all the way around. As soon as you wrote a ksuba, the document to the wife, the money belongs to her already. As if she had it already. And therefore she is the vada. She definitely has the money. And therefore, since it's only a suffix, whether she's still entitled to or not, a suffix cannot overturn a vada, so she keeps it. So what do we see from here? The Bishame holds that the money is hers. So if, let's say, Shimon, the, the, the brother-in-law, is now taking over the ksuvah, it's as if the woman is granting it to the brother-in-law, because the ksuvah is already as if it's paid out. And if, the, if he's granting it to the brother-in-law, then the brother-in-law, in return, has to pay for all the funeral expenses. So why? Um, so that's what Abai is asking Rubber. So why do you rule... That um, that is her family pays for. Bobina, don't we need because and that doesn't exist? Is that I that Bishame holds that it's hers? Omar Ravashi said Yavam Nami Ka'achadomi. Ravashi says that a Yavam is not considered like a continuation of Ruben, as far as this is concerned, it's considered that she's a stranger. So therefore, if you read the Ksuva, take it literally. When you're entitled to marry somebody else, when you're entitled to marry somebody else, 
you're getting a ksuba. So therefore, it's as if the brother-in-law is entitled to the ksuba because you um, entitled to get the ksuba. And therefore, because the entitled to get the ksuba, um, therefore, we allow her to... Uh, uh, sorry, because we're entitled to get to the ksuba, so therefore, even according to Shama, if you take the ksuba literally, it's it's a it's an achar, and um, and there's no problem here that you can collect the ksuba. <clears throat> um, so this last thing we're asking, um, you're telling me that we're asking on on, on a buyer. We're asking about you, a buyer coming out so strong that the wife is giving something over to the husband. But the ksuva clearly says that only when she can marry somebody else is she entitled to the ksuva. And the fact is that she's not she's not allowed to marry anybody else, only the yavam. So Abaya says no, the yavam is considered like somebody else, and therefore she's entitled to the ksuva. And therefore, I have a question on rubber, says Abaya. I have a question on rubber. Why are you ruling that it's her family that should pay for the? For the funeral, it's actually his family should pay for the funeral because they're getting the ksuba. She's granting them a ksuba. So the Mark continues. So Rava, even though it's two dots, it's in a way, I'm not sure what the two dots are. So Rava sent a, a, a letter to Abaya, the Yadrav Shmaya Bazeda, via Shmaya, the son of Rabzeda, and he asked the following question. Um, you're telling me that the wife is already entitled to collect the ksuba while um, in that position there, you know, and, and therefore, uh, because they're entitled to collect the ksuba in that position, and therefore she's giving something to the husband, that's what the husband really should be paying for the court. Says the Gemara, um, you're telling me, me need no ksuba like mechayim. you're telling me that what, a ksuba can be collected, mechayim, that's what you're arguing, because my whole point was that she's not entitled to the ksuba, she's not giving anything to the husband, and therefore, why should they pay for the funeral? You're telling me no. No, you're telling me that uh, that the ksuba is entitled to collect mechayim, and therefore, as if she already had the ksuba, and then she's passing it on to the husband, and therefore, the husband should pay. So, may I say, uh, therefore, um, you're saying to me that, uh, that the husband should pay. Let me ask you a question. But Tanya, we learned, Rab Abba, Oimis, it says in the Bryce, Rab Abba said, Sha'alti, um, even though um, Rab Abba generally is the name of an Amoira, this is actually a Tana. Uh, so Rabbi Abba said, Sha'alti as Sunchas, I asked Sunchas. Sunchas was a student of Rab Meir. So obviously we're talking about the Atania. I asked Sunchas, if, if somebody wants, let's say Reuben is a very wealthy man and Shimon was not, but Ksuba is 200, uh, 200 dinarim, let's say, and but he has asses worth 10,000 dinarim. And we said before that everything is locked in and you know you cannot sell because everything is encumbered by the Ksuba. But he now uh, wants to be, have somehow or another to have access to these properties so that he can sell them, or at least a big, a big chunk of them. He needs money. What should you do? Give me a remedy. Kate said, What should you do? So this is the advice that we give. This is what Sunka said. Im koyin hum, if he's a koyin, yes, there's no alternative, as we'll see in a minute. Yes, so to make a big party and get her a little bit happy. The Yifayas said, be nice to her and try to appease to her, appeal to her good sense. You know, Ksuba is 200, this is 10,000. Let me sell $5,000 worth. You're still taken care of. That's what you do. No other Breda. But in Yisrael, if the brother-in-law is a Yisrael, well, this is what you do. Megarish beget. What you do is you divorce her. And, and you can do two things. You can either pay her out the Ksuba, and the moment you pay her out the Ksuba, the rest of the properties are unencumbered because you paid her out. 
sell whatever you want, and then remarry her. Then you remarry her. And you, you sold in the interim period. So it's not a problem whatsoever. <clears throat> or you can say, um, take a, uh, even if you don't sell any properties, divorcer, pay right, and then you take her back. When you take her back this time, as your wife, you no longer have that issue of selling properties, and therefore you can sell properties. <clears throat> and the, the difference is as follows. When the... Um, um, by Yavama, when the Yavam takes over, he does not write, he doesn't change the Ksuvah. So the Ksuvah, in the Ksuvah, it's written, any property that I bought in the past and any properties I'll buy in the future. So she's very confident, you know, things will always work out. But when the brother-in-law takes over Reuben's place, uh, he doesn't write whatever I buy in the future, whatever I bought in the past. It's, it's Reuben, Reuben's dead, he's not buying anything else. So she's very worried. But when he takes it back a second time and he rewrites the Ksuvah, um, and he says over here, that anything that I buy in the future, she's comfortable. And therefore, we can sell the properties even after you marry again. So that's the advice we give you. Says the Gemara, and the only properties that she cannot sell are the properties that are directly encumbered with the Ksuvah the second time around. Now, my question is follows as well. If you tell him that what? That already she's entitled to Ksuvah. Even, even uh, so why do you have to divorce her if she's already entitled to Ksuvah, even when they're there are everything when, when there's a live. So then, why divorce her? Just say, look, here's one property, it's worth $200, covers your hooks with her. And therefore, as if she got already paid, because she can, she, it, it, technically, in theory, she can collect her silver while she's alive. The chiv of the silver is already there. Basha, Elizabeth, the rest yourself. Why do you have to divorce her and go through this whole process? And it's pretty humiliating to go through a divorce. Just say to her, since you're already entitled to collect your ksuvah, because here is a field that will be used for your ksuvah, whatever you want it, and the rest he can sell. That's what he asked Abaya. So Abaya goes back to the time, hey, so you want to tell me about that she has no entitlement to the property. So let me ask a question. Let me ask a question to ask a better question. Um, why don't you ask me a question for the mission? It says there, don't tell a woman, don't tell your don't tell her that here's the value, here's the money that's going to be set aside for your But Rather, the entire, all the assets are encumbered to the ksuvah. Same question there. Why? So why can't you ask me for the mission? So obviously, that it doesn't work that way. And even though she's entitled, we, don't, we still don't want you to sell any of the properties. Says the Gemara, Rabbi said, no, nobody's not asking the Mishnah. The reason why I'm asking the Mishnah is, it's not a halacha, it's just a good idea. So she feel comfortable that you tell her that, you know, because money can disappear, that all the properties are, um, it's a good idea not to sell the property, it's a good idea to leave them uh, to leave them encumbered to the Ksuba. So that's the Mishnah. But um, but over here, Rabbi Abbas tell you to go through this whole process. In other words, there is no other remedy, which means that she is not entitled to Ksuba while they're still married at all. The Eli Temach is not so safe for the time. It says in the later on, the Chayin Leyam Elisha purchased that to his own wife. That's talking about the case of Yivama. So his own wife had a Ksuvah and here's this is the this will be set aside to cover your Ksuba and the rest will leave alone. El Kol Nechos Vachayin Suvishta. Um, it's, it's rather that all your all your assets should be encumbered to your wife. Now the lawyers with her husband and wife, her husband's allowed to sell properties, for sure. If there's no if, if it comes to collecting there's no properties available, she has the right to go to the to the and collect from it. But he has the right to collect. 
So, but the Mishnah is saying that all the properties are encumbered. He can't sell. It's clearly when it comes to his own wife, it's just a good idea. Leave more properties, extra extra properties there to make sure that you know she feels comfortable. It's only a good idea. Um, it's only nature taiva. Ella says to Abaye, but my question of Abba Kashe, but I still have a question of Rabbi Abba. That if, and that is, if you're telling me that the Ksuva is already, she's entitled to the Ksuva while they're alive, why bother going through the whole rigmarole of, of, of divorcing and taking it back? Just say, here is as if it's your property, as if it's already paid up, and therefore I can go sell whatever I want from Ruben's estate. So Zimota Abaya answers back, that's not a question. No, why? I'll use your logic. Just like it's a good advice, it's not a good advice. And that is Mishum Eva. You imagine the, the, the hostility that you're creating, she's constantly distrustful. She's thinking, why are you doing this? Why are you sending me aside this property? Probably you want to sell these other properties. And the money you put aside that you might lose, who knows what's going to happen to it. And, I'm, and I have nothing left. And she doesn't feel secure. And therefore, we, uh, we want you to, uh, um, the Mishnah is encouraging you. Doesn't Rabab is encouraging you to go through this uh, this way and this uh, go through divorce and everything else. And then she realizes that the only reason we're doing this is not because you want to divorce me, because she can't stay under the suspicion. Why are you why are you already setting aside the money for the ksuba? For obviously you have a thought that tomorrow you can divorce me. So she's never comfortable and she's scared. On the other hand, if you go through the divorce and then you take her right back, she realizes you didn't divorce me because you don't want to live with me. You divorced me because you're trying to sell the properties. It's a legal loophole. Then she feels very comfortable. That's why. I will gather the person, this is the person that suddenly, you know, his brother passed away and his wife now became available to him. Now, what happened was there were a few brothers available, but the law we had in Maribamba is the oldest one should marry. Now, whoever marries her ends up with the entire estate. Obviously, Ruben was a rich guy. One of the other brothers wanted to have a share in Ruben's estate, but he wasn't interested in marrying her, the younger brothers. Know what he was going to do? We learned this last time in Yavamas that if, if one of the brothers give her a divorce, which Mahatayda doesn't mean anything, but with Rabban, it's like a divorce. None of the other brothers can any can, can marry her. So what happens then? The Reuven's entire, she's a, they have to give her a chalitza, and Reuven, one of the brothers, and Reuven's entire estate now is up for uh, Yerusha, equal distribution amongst all the brothers. So one of the younger brothers wants to give her a get because he needs the money. But the oldest brother actually wants to marry her. Like I said, he wants to marry her. So, one of the younger brothers wanted to disqualify her. What do you think? Why do you, why do you, why you want to ruin my life? Because you want to have a, a chalit, a portion of the Yerusha. Then I know, I'll tell you what. I'll give you right now half. Don't, don't have to do that. I will give you a, a, a half of the estate. Don't throw the get because I really want to marry you. Okay, but what happened was after he married the girl and she wanted to see more tomorrow, she wanted um, what do you call it? Uh, the younger brother's new said, Come and give me half the estate. And the older brother said, I changed my mind, I'm not giving me anything. So they went to the Torah. The rub there was Rabbi Yasa. Oh, Rabbi Yasa, Rabbi said, Kiman of Rabban Lisbon, Rabban said clearly that you cannot sell any of Ruben's properties because they're all encumbered to the Ksuva. Then Avagad Zobin, even though Shimon sort of sold it because he gave half of it to his brother, Lahavis Vinas Vinas, it's not a sale. The Tanya will let them rise. Mishi Mates, if somebody died, the Niach Shemet is Yavam, Ruben dies, left behind a wife, and she's waiting now for Shimon to marry. The Niach Nechosim, the main money, left over your property was 100 mana, 100 times 100, 10,000. But the entire ksuba was only let's say a mana. She was not a mana the first time. La Yimkar. 
Shimon has no right to sell the other $9,900 of the property. She called the chos of achrayin The entire assets are achrayin luxavasa. So we see clearly that what? You cannot sell it. Is that the case? Are you telling me that the rabbi said don't sell? If you did sell and you defied the words of the rabbi, the sale is not a valid sale. But now we learned a couple of days ago, if the woman was uh, engaged and she received inheritance and sold it while she was engaged, Beishamay says, she can sell it. Beishil said, no, like, don't sell it. But they all agree. And it works. If he sold it, it's valid. So they asked, so there's an argument to Rabbi Rabbi Yasef. Rabbi Yasef said, it's not a valid sale. The younger brother is not entitled to Zilch. He's entitled to Zilch. And Rabbi said, no, that uh, if you sold it, it's sold it, and therefore you have to give your brother half the state. So what do you do? They sent a letter to Rabbi Papi. They, they, they related in the conversation between Rabbi Yasef and Rabbi and asked Rabbi what do you think? He said back, I agree with Rabbi Yasef that the sale is not valid. Omar Abay Abay said, Rabbi somebody, what did he add to this uh, to this whole discussion? He didn't add anything. <clears throat> so why should why in the world should I listen to him? He didn't bring any proof ever. He just said he holds like Rabbi Yasef. So therefore, what? Why should I give him anything? So the Gemara um, uh, keeping me like uh, nosebands. So what, how did he beautify, in other words, how did he enhance the argument to me? What, what, what did he add, contribute to our argument? He just said, he likes Rabbi Yisim, and therefore what? So therefore they weren't happy. They sent the same conversation, the, the, the discussion, the dispute, the Kameh, the Menyume, the Bereid, the Chumah. They sent it to the Menyume, the Son, and the Chumah. He said, I agree with Abaya. But what he added was, the Omar of Rabbi Yisim, time achina, if Rabbi Yisim finds other support to himself, Shalchuli, I want you to send me that so I can look at it and see whether he's right or not. So not for Rabbi that gave incentive of Yosef to find some other support. Doc, he searched the Ashkech and he found the Tanya will the What happens if Reuben owed Shimon a hundred dollars, and then the mace Reuben died? Um, uh, sorry, um, um, Shimon owed Reuben a hundred dollars. And then uh, Reuven died, and now a uh, childless. So Shimon now was going to marry Reuven's wife. That means Shimon now is about to inherit Reuven's estate. So Shimon now is about to inherit the debt that he owes to Reuven. So the mace, and then Reuven died. They but there's a, the only thing in the, var- the new variable here is there's a wife. Leah, who's married to Reuven, is there. So the question is, does Shimon have to pay to the wife or to the estate? So it says the Bryce. Um, um, Shimon shouldn't say, since I'm eventually going to become the sole heir of Reuben, he says, as if I already have the debt, I own it. We extract the money from Shimon and we say to him, everything is encumbered to the Ksuvah. So what you do, and only Karka. So the Yikach behind Karka, buy a piece of land, and uh, he'll get the dividends. Omale Abayas Abayas says, yeah, so what do we see clearly from here? We see from here that, <clears throat> that there's no, there's no, he has no right to make a sale. He has no right to say, because it's mine, I don't have to pay the debt. Omale Abayas, Abayas said, 
Dilma, the Tavale of the lay, maybe it's just a good idea. We were saying, look, if you're going to be uh, pay yourself the debt, the money will be gone in a few days. But if you're going to take that money that you owe and buy a property, there'll be more land. It's good for you as well. back to buy So you're, you're arguing with me. You're saying that sales are valid sale, but just giving good advice. <coughs> Better pay the money by land. Tana Tony might see. It says might see, which means we force Shimon to pay the money. You tell me it's only a good advice. So it seems clearly from this Bryce that Abyasiv is right. That what? That the brother has to um, does not have to pay the younger brother anything because he had no right to, to make this deal in the first place. And they sent uh, this this Bryce to Rab Nechumah, like I mean, they promised him. Uh, he came back and he says, the son of Menyume, said, um, I guess it was his son. This brisa is not correct. There's something wrong. There's an error in this brisa, and you cannot use it as a corroboration. Now the government wants to know my timing. Why isn't this brisa correct? If you tell the brisa not correct, because we're talking about money here. This Bryce is talking about money, right? He owes money to Ruve. And, and therefore we're saying, no, you cannot keep the money paid over. Why is it paid over? Because it's encumbered to her. But we learned before that that metalklin are not indebted to the Ksuva. So why does he have to pay the money? Because she has some, she has no right to it. Because she only right to the Ksuva and all the assets which are encumbered for the Ksuva, but not metalklin. Said, well, that, that, you can't say the price is wrong. Dilmur Rameyer, the, the, the author of the price of Rameyer, in this respect, we don't agree with Rameyer, but everything else is right. So I'm a tal- he all the tal- are indebted to Ksuvah. So why is the price wrong? The Elam he he said to her, at lav balat devorim He says to her, when you come into the picture, I borrowed money from your husband, I owe the money to your husband, I'm going to yash on your husband, and therefore I don't have to pay you. You, I never borrowed the money from you, so you can't come in and tell me I have to pay because this money has to go towards Yiksuvit. I have nothing to do with you. So what are you talking about? Deal with Rabnasni. Maybe this follow Rabnasan, which is accepting halacha, that's called Shibuddha de Rabnasan. And we already had this previously. Shibuddha de Rabnasan, a few times. Shibuddha Rabnasan means if Reuven owes money to Shimon and Shimon owes money to Levi, then Reuven owes money to Levi. And there's a whole question where Levi can go directly to Reuven, he has to go by Shimon, but because Le- ultimately this money belongs to Levi. So over here also, so Shimon owes money to Reuven, Reuven owes Ksuva money to his wife, and therefore the wife says, what do you mean I'm not involved here? I am. Ultimately, you owe me the money, and therefore take the money and buy property. So the Bryson should be a valid Bryson. What's wrong with the Bryson? What's his Ramnason? The time Ramnason says, if you owe your friend $100, your friend owes $100 somebody else, how do you know that we take out by force from the first guy and we give it, deliver it to the third guy? It says, the Nasan, that if you um, if you stole and you swore false and you have to pay now a penalty of a fifth, the Nasan you should give. So one you're guilty to, as I mean, that means you have to pay to the one that ultimately owns the principal. And who is that? The ultimate lender. So you have Reuven, Shimon, Levi. Reuven owes Shimon $100, but Shimon owes Levi $100, then Levi is the one who really owns the principal. Reuven owes Levi. Ella, the Pshat is like Ashkan Tana. You know why the price is, 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 is a default or uh, faulty? 
we don't find any tana the machmetrek chumra bixuma. Here we're taking on two chumras. We're taking on Rameya that says that even metalkman portable islands are encumbered to the ksuba, and that is ksuba, number one. And number two, she booted Rav Nassim. How does she come in the picture? Because since she owes the money to Ruvain, and Ruvain owes the money to the wife. Ella, Either one. You can't follow. That's why this Bryce is not a, is not a valid Bryce. And that's why we have a machlekes between Abaya and, and Rabbi Yasef. And Rabbi Yasef couldn't prove his point because this Bryce that he brought a, a proof to that the sale wasn't a sale is not a valid Bryce. And, and therefore, Abaya says the older brother has to has to pay the, the, the younger brother out because he made up with him and he had every right to sell him. Omar Rabbah says, now, remember when I had this discussion with Abaya as well, the Omar, he told me, he told me about this, Bryce is not a valid Mishnah, I had no idea what he meant. Now I understand why he said it's not a valid Mishnah. Okay, we'll stop here, we'll continue tomorrow.